The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I'm your host, Tim Deal Double G. And I'm joined by the man behind the sound effects at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. Stop everybody. And we also have at Roddy Cat on Twitter. everybody. Were you wishing everyone a happy belated Pi Day? I did. Gotcha. I was like, the music cut off. Yeah. Sound effects cut off suddenly. That's who was saying it, so. (laughs) And we also have at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. (laughs) Refresh my memory on who those two guys are. Uh, this is the Warlord from the old uh, DC Comics line, and that's Beastman. 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 He's the one I recognize, but couldn't think of the name of. From Masters of the Universe. Holy cow! That's like Man. your uh, your multiple podcasts crossing over, dirt. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Well, and I also have a uh, Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff sitting here. So okay, there you go. You never know what you're finding on the comic book chronicles. But if you go to theclicknation.com, you might get a heads up where you can find previous episodes of the comic book chronicles and comic book news. On the homepage are links to our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and by going to CSPN.us, do it today. And while you're on the CSPN Media website, make sure to da- uh, purchase some Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Remember, we record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you ever want to watch live, just Bookmark the page, theclicknation.com forward slash live. And if you're talking comics on social media, make sure to use the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles and CBCron to join in the conversation. The first book up for review this week is Marvel 2 and 1, number 4. As Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm venture off into the multiverse in search of the remaining members of the Fantastic Four using the multisec, I think is what they call it. Right. Yep. And they find a version of one of the members. But first, cool new outfits. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a, a, a departure from uh, most Fantastic Four uniforms to date. Well, I like them. Is it a light jacket? Yeah, it kind of looked like their original um, astronaut suits a little bit. Yeah. You'll also be able to buy them, I'm sure, as Legends action figures in the next few months, <laughs> but not at Toys R Us, apparently. Right. Oh, hold on. Wait, I'm looking for the saddest thing I can find. Here we go. <laughs> 
Rip TRU. Uh, well, there's still a chance there'll be some stores open, but we may. Uh, I don't know if there's something in the news about that, but uh, we'll talk. We can talk about that more at length later. There would only be more closings in the news if I put if I put those in there. Oh, goodness. But uh, back to the comics. Right, 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 right. So yes, they they went in search of um, the Fantastic Four, but found a version of at least one member, mm-hmm. Mr. Fantastic. Right. So it seems like Reed, Sue, Franklin, and Valeria have been successful in recreating various multiverses. So in this particular multiverse that uh, Ben and Johnny run into, um, some 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 very, very important um, events transpired very differently from how they transpired in the Marvel, in the regular Marvel U continuity. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I won't spoil it, but it's a pretty important event. And it's like, you know, it's like the, it's like the, the, uh, the, uh, the primary catalyst, I guess, in the, in the, uh, the, the, in the Marvel universe in that uh, it involves the uh, coming of Galactus and how things uh, varied in this particular okay. scenario for this in this multiverse well i was going to say it was like yeah if they didn't if they weren't successful in recreating the multiverse we wouldn't be able to have the, that neat uh X, uh exiles book that's coming out soon and there's which wow. actually kind of reminds me of what's going on here because it kind of seems like a similar thing is going on with that and i mean we can go ahead and say that the the event that was taking place was secret invasion which is an event that i've forgotten about and barely read well, that and and the coming of Galactus. Well, yeah, that too. But I meant like the, the the world they ended up on had both of those things going on. Oh, right. When when was it that Reed Richards was trying to come up with the formula to fix the universe? Like, do you remember that storyline when he was trying to come up with some formula that would just fix everything? Was that the beginning of Hickman Mumbo Jumbo? <sighs> Maybe. That might have been. Was that with like the multiple reads and stuff? Was that the Council of Reads? Council of Reads. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe okay. that was it. Yeah. Yeah, that was the beginning of the Hickman mumbo jumbo before he brought it to Avengers. And then, but yeah, but he, but that led into Secret Wars, and that was the last awesome right. thing that they did. So there you go. Right. So anyway. But yeah, I, 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 I oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I, I've loved this Marvel two and one. Uh, I think it's been a lot of fun. Um, even though I know eventually down the line it's gonna shift away from Fantastic Four centric storylines and move into other stuff. Um, but it's still something that I enjoy quite a bit. I like the humor in it. I like the uh, just kind of that old school classic comic book feel that it has, which was something that was in Fantastic Four. Um, you know, in a sense, it always carried that kind of making the impossible possible because it's comics and it can. Um, and so it seems to be following along that thread. And I enjoy that quite a bit. So it's, it's a fun book. Yeah. I was going to say, so, speaking of costumes, I did like the shield costumes that She-Hulk and Wolverine were wearing. Yeah. Nice sleek designs, probably by uh, Valer- Valerio Schiedi. But yeah, so Reed has lost his family, has dedicated himself to his work and was unable to defeat Galactus, but that fell to Dr. Doom, who I guess himself became the devourer of worlds. Yeah, what's funny is that they definitely merged a couple of early FF storylines into that, Um, you know, a couple of um, early uh, Doom plots, you know, and, uh, and 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 adapted that into how he would uh, defeat the world devourer. So I thought that was a nice touch. Good job, uh, you know. Good job, Zdarsky. Mm. And that that about sums up the issue, I think. Right? Sure, sure. It's a great cliffhanger page. It's a great cliffhanger page. Yeah. So the I'm curious how long the series will deal with. Hey, let's jump around to all these different Earths where everything's different before we finally get to one that has the people they're looking for. 
assuming that it will do that. Right. And I'm actually I'm also kind of curious about like what's what's going to be the deal with that the other member, uh, Rachna. Because I mean, because we haven't really seen that much of her story outside of what she's done for what she's going to do for the, or what she's been doing for them. But she seemed like there's more to things than you know than what we've seen. Right. I mean, it's the 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 premise is that they need someone smart <laughs> on the on this well, on this particular adventure because as Spidey is uh is very quick to point out in this. Um, wait, wait. What, what's the line that says? Uh, you, you're stupid. S T U P I D. Like you think Captain America's last name is actually America. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's referring to, uh, the human torch in that, in that, uh, exchange. So, so yeah, it was a cool, it was a cool book. All right. Next up is Mr. Miracle number seven. I really like this issue. Me too. AKA Big Barda has a baby. <laughs> I kind of had some feelings about that. <laughs> like, but outside of that, yeah. Was, like like I was saying before the show, it's it's really interesting how simple this this uh this issue is kind of laid out, just like the last issue, and but it just kind of flows and it's just like everything is well, not necessarily everyday stuff, but it's it takes an event that happens to people and they kind of make it work as an issue yeah so yes that's the focus of it but i loved how it still intertwined the sort of new gods and into it with the uh the cast from apocalypse who forgive me because i'm not steeped in that lore so i had no idea i mean i recognize those characters from justice league unlimited but i don't know their names off the top of my head well, I suspect there's probably going to be some property coming somewhat soon that's going to get you slightly familiar with those folks. Hopefully. Maybe you can make me care about them. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they came to give their support and a nice handy tool that came in, uh, was used later during the birthing process. What a and cool. That was pretty much it really just sort of the long process of Barda giving birth and um, sort of the, it kind of reminded me like a Bendis issue where like, you know, nothing happened, but things happen. Yeah. yeah because it's moment to moment because of the nine panel grid that, uh, that Gerard or Garads, I think that's how it pronounces it. Garads uses, you know, pretty much on every page. So you know, it's 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 like moment to moment in the story. So there, there's a, a, a not quite talking heads all the time, but it definitely feels like it. Yeah. And I was going to say, this is one thing that's really it drives me crazy is that uh, Tom King, you know, he'll do an issue of Batman and will complain that it takes like 30 seconds to read through it and nothing really happens. But yet he does a book like this where nothing really happens but it takes you a while to actually move through it. And then when you're done, you're like, like I'm, I'm touched like as a human being, like, ah, like I'm moved by the end of the story. It's like, how is this the same guy doing both books? It just, it's insane. I think part of it is the artist. I think it's, you know, it's Gerard's means of storytelling. I think heavily influences how we read this book. Whereas I think, uh, you know, there's a bunch of splash pages involved in Batman. That, that very well may be true. And if you want to read a nice little uh, interview with Mr. Garaz about that, there's one on CBR that if you're watching the video, you can see the headline for and look it up. And it's also in the show notes if you're looking at that. There you go. Hands go. So what's next? What's next? Thank you. Uh, let's see. Let's hit up Dr. Strange. Yeah, I was just about to say that since we were talking about that before the show. Yeah. So Dr. Strange 387 is the book we're going to next. We're still in the damnation plot or tarnation if you probably have that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they did that to the to the to the Doctor Strange books. But um so yeah, 
we we find uh doc laid up with with his leg still broken and um Wong contacts him with with the, the plan that has already been put into action if you've watched if you've um read damnation if you haven't then heard this real so there's another plan and another book going on at the same time and Wong basically says like hey somebody's coming to you don't worry about it you just could be ready to move but you know it's kind of a one-way connection so you know Stephen can't really say what he need, wanted to say to, to Wong when someone has appears um to help him out along with a couple of other big guns as uh, as this person says to uh help uh break uh doc out of where he was but we come to find out that um that and all in all is still in a big ruse maybe it's part of the big rules while the actual plan is still going on elsewhere so that is the the short and sweet of it I thought it did a really good job. Like I noticed right at the beginning, it said it happened concurrently mm-hmm. with uh, Damnation number two, which I thought was kind of weird when I first started reading. Like, why wouldn't this like lead up to it or follow after or whatever? But then you realize as the story's unfolding, it ends at the same spot where that issue ends. So you right. get to see what's happening, you know, on the other side of that story. And I thought they did a really good job of explaining because you got to the end of Damnation two and you're like, wait, what is going on? Like, how does this work? This doesn't, you know, like what? But now that you see the other side of the story, it's like, okay, all right. So now I see how he got there and how it works and, you know, what's going on in his head. And again, I really like this crossover uh, or event or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's, it's you know, still that good, uh, fun, old school type comic story. Um, and I like how this told that other side of the story. So you felt like it was still a key part of the story. You can read damnation without reading it but reading it adds that much more flavor to the story and helps you to understand how they got to that point so i thought this one was a really well done Mm tie-in let's see actually well since we're on it uh can we get to the other tie-in since we had quick so uh speaking of tie-ins we got ben riley scarlet spider number 15 which short and sweet, we find out. So this takes place between Damnation one and two, and we find out how and why Ben Riley got involved to be in the story as he is, because as we found out that he is there in Vegas, and the story pretty much takes place as Damnation one happens, and it kind of just goes through to um, when he comes into Damnation, basically when and he meets the rest of the uh, of Wong's crew. So there is also a couple other things that like, if you're not reading Scarlet Spider, you you know, like I was kind of, well, not confused about, but I didn't know about because I don't read the book. But outside of that, then, you know, everything else is pretty much tied into the Damnation storyline. Yeah, because the story opens and he makes some comment about like, what's that lady doing sitting at that slot machine? And then he goes wandering off and like, I, I like, I don't know. Like, what's the big deal about that? I don't get it. But apparently that's some sort of theme that's been running through those books. So yeah, there's like an older lady that he kind of makes his own at May who uh, sits at a slot machine most of the time in the series. I see. Found it, with her in this, which has to do going into the damnation plot. The thing for me, though, is like not being a regular reader of the series. I, I, I'm reading through this issue and I'm like man, Ben Riley's a dick. Like, yeah. he's just not a nice guy. Is That is exactly how this book is written. I remember I read the first issue when it came out, and it had that tone from the get-go. Hmm. Well, like, I couldn't decide, like, is it just me? Like, am I taking things <laughs> the wrong way? Absolutely or? not. Reading no. okay. it correctly, dirt. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> at least I know. It's- you better. You're just like, Talking about the same part that I'm thinking about, I was like, wow, that was a dick move there. It's just like, yeah. All right, then. Not being overly judgmental in this case. <laughs> All right. So um, let me jump in with uh, Detective Comics number 976, which is uh, the first issue in James, James Tinian's final Detective Comics arc. Uh, called Batman Eternal or Batman Eternal as he looks to tear apart the 
Gotham Knights team that he formed and when Rebirth started. Um, Batwoman has left the group to join up with her father, father to lead his uh, sort of paramilitary Batman army and has recruited Batwing and Azrael to their side. So that's one sort of subplot taking place. And the other one deals with Batman and Red Robin sort of hashing it out. How uh, Red Robin's sort of vision for this team is sort of falling apart. So it deals with a lot of that, a lot of stuff from the last issue where the Batman brought the Bat family together to sort of hear, sort of like have a people's court for Batwoman because of her killing Clayface in the previous art. So a lot of interesting things. I'm, I've enjoyed this Batman team book since it launched and curious to see how Tinian closes it down and where it ends up leaving certain characters like Batwoman and Red Robin going forward. Oh, and it also has Javier Fernandez on art, who I enjoy. He uh, started Nightwing and Rebirth, so uh, one of my faves. Cool. Who All wants right. to go next? What's next? Well, I've only got a few books this week, so... Um, I'll just jump in with uh, Avengers. Number I can say, are we in the rapid fire time? Just about, I guess, unless someone else wants to chime in on Avengers. I mean, I mean we I'm, can we can I'm, all pipe in with Avengers. Oh, yeah, yeah and then I, and then I'll uh, I'll uh, run the the Vulcan cannon. So, um, Avengers six eighty four, the latest chapter in uh, uh, No Surrender. Um, yeah, I know the song is Never Surrender, but um, there's a couple of uh, revelations in this issue. One, um, we finally find out the true origin of Voyager. I'm not going to spoil it, but oh. uh, we finally find that out. Was someone going to add something to that? No, I just said called it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that being said, um, the main draw for this issue, though, is what's on the cover and that is the Incredible Hulk. Um, what I like about this is, yes, we, yes, we find out about uh, the, the true intent and the true identity of uh, Voyager, and uh, she's not anything close to what she seems, obviously. So um, the, the rest of it, the rest of the issue involves kind of recounting the history of the Hulk as the challenger in this game has um, brought the Hulk onto the playing field as, as a playing piece. So um, we go through the Hulk's uh, history and there's some great um, moments that are captured um, in the telling of, uh, in the recap of his story up until this point. And if you recognize, you know, the, the art is, is uh, resembles the, uh, the uh the the flashback sequences closely enough so that you know you can kind of revisit in your memory in, in your mind's eye those books and what's cool is that at the end of this issue they actually provide a key and you know they they, they footnote everything and provide a uh, context as to what issues these uh, scenes are being pulled from but um, we also have a little bit of um explanation of uh the pact between bruce banner and clint barton when it comes to uh, taking a couple of arrows to the head and the heart. And, um, you know, we, we were brought to the present and the, uh, the, uh, the soon to be new status quo of the Hulk. So uh, it's a nice little setup for um, the Hulk coming out of uh, no surrender. So that's pretty much like the two prongs of the book. It, you know, we, we see what uh, Voyager's real deal is and we have the Hulk reemerging in the Marvel U and uh, uh, kind of uh, a tease as to what his new status quo is going to be. And we have this awful, terrible Red Hulk BS in, running around in uh, semi-armor. I can't wait for this character to go away. And that's pretty much it. 
It's wait, is it General Ross Red Hulk? No, no, no. no. Oh, it'd be, it'd be better if it actually was. Right. It's, you, it might as well be put it this way because it's pretty much the same type of person. Right. Right. It's like the substitute. It's like the the poor man's General Ross. Yeah. It's it's like the the dollar store brand of I can't believe it's not butter. Mm. That's pretty bad. <laughs> so yeah, that's the deal with this. So it's a nice it's a nice uh, kind of a uh, uh, a segue issue because there isn't as much um action and in terms of the development of this particular um uh arc of stories not all that much happens but it really does set the stage for i guess the uh the the last stage of the uh the, the no surrender story the uh, voyager origin was like meh so retracing the history of the Hulk's death was the most appealing thing in this issue for me. Yes, yeah. including, including one funny one that they they decided to um to put in that with him being his head being lopped off by um the Captain America, aka uh, Danielle Cage, at the time because I remember the story that came out of. Right, I didn't recognize that one all that well. Yeah, like so that was that was definitely one I recognized. I'm like, wow, they chose to put that one in there, huh? All right, sure. That mm. was kind of just a time displaced thing. I didn't think that was going to be mm. a canon thing, but I guess it is. Right. I mean, the one that I remember actually, you know, what's funny is that of these, the one I remember the best is um, Incredible Hulk 367. You know, uh, it was during the Peter David run. Um, uh you know it was uh it was a pretty interesting storyline and um you know seeing the hulk in an emaciated state like that was uh you know it's pretty jarring rapid review here we go fire it up all righty here we go i'll do mine right quick x-men blue number 23 the main team is up in space, which leaves Ultimate Universe, Jimmy Hudson, Wolverine, and Bloodstorm back on Earth, hunting down Miss Sinister. While that's happening, Havoc, uh, White Queen, and Bastion are ramping up their Mother Vine uh, virus to spread and across the, the world to increased the mutant population and you sort of see the beginnings of Polaris forming her own team of X-Men to fight them later on as the story arc continues. Sideways number two sort of sets up this interesting sort of cosmic uh, dynamic structure for the DC universe where they introduce this new dude who's huge and whose name I forget. Um, but it kind of seems like they're setting up like they're like how Marvel has like the and again with Marvels I forget the character's name a bunch of those people that appeared in Ultimates and Ultimates Two like Eternity and whatever the other one was called uh, like the Cosmic Jailer and all that type of oh like the living the living yeah, living tribunal type deal gotcha and it it dawns on me out since Sideways can sort of make openings rips in time or rips in space to sort of teleport around i feel like vibe should like guest star somewhere at this point because doesn't he do the same thing at least on the tv show <laughs> at least on flash and astonishing x-men number nine they're still fighting proteus um, we do learn that bishop has this database of all the possible uh, apocalypse uh, situations that you know basically end up destroying the world, and uh, this what the threat they're dealing with with uh, uh, Proteus is in his database, so that's kind of cool. And then we start hearing because it has something to do with the apocalypse, uh, the mind killer, apocalypse mind killer virus that. Uh, Proteus is unleashing on the world right now. So sort of interesting stuff with that brewing. And then we still have the Mr. X, which is Charles Xavier in 
uh, what's the dude's name? Phantom X. Phantom X. Well, technically, what we find out is that I read this too, by the way. What we find out is that uh, we're he's actually not in Phantom X's body. He remade his body. Correct. He basically copied it, but left out a lot of the good stuff uh, that keeps uh, Phantom X alive, like uh, nanites and nanobots that uh, help him heal very quickly. Come handy when Wolverine stabbed him. You know? So, but uh, yeah, no, that was pretty good. And I am done. So I've only got one book uh, for Rapid Fire. It is uh, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 301. Um, this is another Chip Zdarsky book this week. And uh, let me tell you, this issue is coming off of uh, the big th- uh, issue number 300, where there's an uh, alien invasion going on. And to stop this alien invasion, they decide to... Uh, the heroes decide to uh, travel back in time to change something. And you know that's not how time travel is supposed to work. They, you know, they, they, they explain it away uh, in that, you know, they're not creating a, they're not changing um, the future. They're just creating a new timeline. But at the end of the day, what they end up doing is counterintuitive to every time travel story you've ever heard or watched or read um, you know, Marty McFly and, and, um, and the good doctor would be, uh, 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 throwing a hissy fit, uh, if they saw all the stuff you're not supposed to do in with time travel that's happening in this issue. And what's funny is that you just sort of like laugh along with that, you know, with it, it's like, oh, you're not supposed to do that, but it's still so, you know, entertaining. So, um, you know, there's just a lot of that in this issue. Okay. Um, well, I guess Dirt had to excuse himself. I will go um, with my couple of books. Well, like three or four books. But anyway, Titans 21. Um, there's Titans are still broken up. The Brain and Mala, whose name, both whose names I haven't heard since Young Justice, uh, show up and they have a plan that to try to up their status. Um, Arsenal is striking out on his own and he's pretty much the only one who knows that there's a big plot going on, but he doesn't necessarily know uh, it's them. Uh, but at the same time, the rest of the team thinks he's uh, once again battling drug addiction, his drug addictions again, which he apparently is not. Although he, as of last issue, looks like he might have been drugged. Uh, but that wasn't the case. He ends up in a fight with um, Wally West and Nightwing. And comes out pretty well, considering you know, because you know, uh, Donna Troy calls them to help because she thinks uh, Roy's using again, and then they go to try to help him out, and then he's got his back up because you know he's he's not, but they don't seem to believe him, and he's trying to tell them about this other thing, but they miscommunication into the fight, so he beats that fight in and leaves while um, this is going on and ends up running the chest out again and they get into a squabble and that ends that book or that ends that uh, issue. Um, my next book is Trinity number 19, which um, since, well, Dirt brought up one of the figures early on, the warlord shows up um, because the Trinity end up on Skataras, uh, which uh, I believe is the land that he is from by his daughter, Jennifer, a, uh, Apparently, Warlord had been killed, but apparently that had not been the case because it was all a big bit of search refuge because the, the Trinity was basically um, a decoy, but they were also sent there to help uh, defend because there was some magic timey thing that the, the um, that uh, Jennifer Morgan and, and her dad has been using for to, to defend their castle against this person named Demos who's apparently still around because the Trinity runs into him later on in the book after he steals uh, Steve Trevor and they come back from the earth after having won this big battle on this other planet and been aged back to their former selves. So that ends this arc, but also starts another one where they have to go find Steve Trevor, who's been kidnapped. Um, Let's see. Uh, Infidel number one which uh, these last two have kind of been skimming, so forgive me for this one. But uh, Infidel number one is a horror suspense book from IDW, I believe it is. I can't remember. But it's uh, around this young Muslim woman and uh, her family. She's seeing things or having nightmares 
or at least she thinks she is uh what you come to find out during the course of the story that uh stuff she's saying might be real and may or may not have something to do with her mother-in-law um but we are, we're not entirely sure about that uh but it's a really it's looks to be a really interesting book um uh if you are a fan of horror movies because it kind of it starts off one way and then kind of gets you thinking a whole nother way, but it's kind of cool. And this next and last book, I have only been skimming through this, but I think this will be a um, something that a couple of people in the audience and one maybe person on the panel may uh, be interested in, and that is Saifu. Mm. It, it's a all-ages uh, graphic novel. Looks like it's book one, so there might be more about this eight, um, about this little kid who's a DJ in Brooklyn. Shout out to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Uh, Who's a DJ and he's got his family living in his building. He's you know going through his day to day life as as that, but he ends up um, somehow causing some kind of magical some kind of rift while he was scratching on his turntables. That ends up sending him and his whole apartment building into another uh, to another planet where he meets this giant samurai robot. Where he's um, so as far as I've gotten in the book, he starts fighting and he also has this glove. That is his uh, scratching hand that apparently has some powers to it. And uh, he is a practitioner of, I guess, what is going to be known as Sai Fu, partially because of his DJ skills and the glove he has on in his, in his, in his hand. It's a really colorful book. It's really cool looking. And it even starts off with a nice sample of a Eric B. Rakim <laughs> um, song, which is, you know, it doesn't take much for me. Uh, the artist uh, slash writer is called Yehudi Mercado. I hope I'm saying his name right. Name right. Um, but it is really cool. You should check that out if you are a fan of uh, hip hop, sci fi, and kung fu because it all hits all of those beats and looks to be pretty cool. All righty. So are we at uh, clicks of the week? We are. Clicks of the week. <laughs> Marvel two and one. Second. Don't everyone speak at once. <laughs> I second that. Howdy. Um, I'm kind of hard pressed to go against Mr. Miracle on, on, on this one. So yeah, Mr. Miracle number seven. Nice. And look. Uh, Mr. Miracle. I said it, but those guys kept talking back and forth. So Trying <laughs> out there, split the vote evenly. There you go, there you go. So uh, as we uh, transition into the uh, news portion of the show, let me read our first ad. Oh, let's let's uh, allow our sickly host to depart. Uh, hydrate. Yeah, if you haven't noticed, I've been muting a lot this show because there's been a lot of. A lot of coughing and hacking going on at this end, but thanks for having me on, guys, and I'll see you next week. All righty, take see it easy. You well. All righty. I wish we had like a a a, a Vic a Vix Nyquil ad or something. Instead, <laughs> what we have is uh, the first ad is for Funko Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles, such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel, including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise, such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now, the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. All righty. So we're getting to the news. 
Star Wars Rebels, Ahsoka's final outfit hinted at her unseen journey. Yep, Rebels has ended this past week, and there's been some sad, sad going, but yeah, we get a little bit into that part of the mystery. Captain America's Infinity War shields hold special significance to Black Panther. I, I guess the gist of it is that he's the he gives it to him as he a gives it to him, yeah, instead of people stealing the vibranium to make a shield. <laughs> Infinity War, Robert Downey Jr. on adding Doctor Strange to the Science Bros. Mitts. I was gonna say something. There's probably something else to the shield thing, but um, if 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 recent comic book um, uh, dealings may have hinted that that might have, but yeah. So yeah, Doctor Strange to the Science Bros. Finally, cool. It's facial hair bros. Well, no, it's science because Banner doesn't have. Well, that's why I kick him out. <laughs> <laughs> that's just mean, man. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War set footage arrives with plenty of jokes. Yeah, so we're all about the Infinity War stuff. Yeah, one of which being, um, I think. Um, Ruffalo said something about he doesn't have many lines in the film because there's so many people in it. But we get a new trailer tomorrow. Oh my goodness, that's right. Uh, Black Panther breaks one billion. Everyone on time claims number two spot in historic weekend for black films. He came for that number one spot. That's crazy, man. But that's awesome that it's making that, you know, like it's getting that kind of repeat business to, to push it over that uh, one billion mark. Mm -hmm. And I still have only watched it one time. I still haven't had it. Yeah, I'm going to try to see. I want to see uh, Tomb Raider this weekend, too. Yeah, I'm thinking about that one. It was like just mindless fun. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Marvel is absolutely making the sequel to Black Panther. Duh. Yeah, really. DeWanda Wise exits its Captain Marvel role because of scheduling conflict. Oh, yeah, she's on that. She's got to have it show and it just got renewed. And so she will not be who we believe to be my, uh, Monica Rambo. And oh. yeah, but, and they haven't found a replacement yet. So, uh, report that Spike Lee, Chio, Hadari, Coker developing Marvel's Nightwatch for Sony. That'll never get made. I was about to say, are they just trying to beat Spawn back to the, to this big screen? I guess that's okay because I don't even know this character. Yeah, no one does, and no one will care. Because <laughs> oh, it won't get made, so. I probably will. I don't know. Nope. None of these movies are getting made. They just announce stuff. <laughs> now that's comedy. Deadpool 2 stars Zazie Beats has three movie deal as Domino. Good for her. Uh, Matt Ryan wants Constantine to meet the Joker. Sure, okay. Uh, the rumor of a Joker origin movie may dramatically change backstory, and it will be inspired by the Killing Joke. And also, a Martin Scorsese movie. Forget which one. Uh, Kristen Wiig is Cheetah in Wonder Woman Two. It's an interesting casting choice. Yeah, really. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, she can't play a action person. Like, well, why not? Why yeah. Not? Michael Keaton couldn't play Batman. Got that everyone, thought, everyone was like, Chris Pratt is the chubby guy on, on that TV show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Batman, uh, ben Affleck as Batman. Boo. Right. Well, they're still doing that one. So yeah, I was about to say I still do yeah, that. He was the best part of at least Batman v Superman. Goodness. Uh, <laughs> Ava DuVernay to direct Jack Kirby comic creation, The New Gods for Warner Brothers DC. That's crazy. Earlier. Will that one get made? Yeah. Mm. Just like uh, Josh Whedon's Batgirl. Oh no. no. And there's still no Flash. No. Well, they, they have. I guess they Flash does have a director now or directors. Directors. Mm. We shall see. That's funny. I put a Twitter poll up during the show. Definitely. If anything's going to get made, Flash is going to be made because they already did Justice League. So they, you know. Yeah. 
I am still skeptical. Yeah, which, I did. I did um, put a Twitter poll up asking which movie will Dark Side appear in first: uh, Justice League Two or New Gods. Or the third choice was neither. Oh my gosh! If neither will get made. <laughs> it's the cynical Tim Dog ninety eight. Yeah, but I'm all cynical this tonight. Cynical, well, I mean, have- cynical for. WB. No, what I was going to say is no, but but the cynicism, right, has been there for a while when it comes to these DCEU movies. That's the thing. That's they just announce stuff. They just throw stuff out there. That. Sony with all the X Men films and a Kitty Pride film that's not going to get made. And we'll be lucky if we get X Force. Yeah, yeah, Fox. Yeah, shout out to Matt Wayne, uh, who's who said, yeah, her big, big uh, Ava, Ava DuVernay is a big Barta fan, and yeah, she has been on record saying that she is for reasons. So that's cool. And that was like well before this happened. Roddy Ken, I didn't know you had a Night Watch cosplay costume. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> don't even know who that is. Uh, he looks like Spawn. That's what you need to know. Yeah, I, I gathered that part, but I'm like, I don't know ever, wherever you ever showed it up. So, uh, uh, what else we got here? Uh, TV's Wonder Woman, Linda Carter, to receive Hollywood Walk of Fame honor. Yes, I hate to say this, ladies and gentlemen, who are getting used to Gal Gadot as their Wonder Woman. When someone says Wonder Woman live action to me, I do not think of Gal Gadot. Linda Carter is the image that pops into my mind's eye. For more than one reason, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hold on. Let's see if we can't find the appropriate sound effect here. Here we go. Hello, Ness. There you go. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Cage will finally play Superman in T Titans Go to the Movies. His dreams have finally come true. <laughs> now that's comedy. I still want to see that documentary about the that the making of that the movie he was supposed to do. I know that is around, but I'm like, I, I wouldn't want that. That'd be cr- too crazy. Ah, uh, DC's live action Titan series will feature Jason Todd. I'm not sure Will is accurate, but it's rumored to be. Yeah, I don't know. One of the episode titles is supposedly Jason Todd, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Netflix strikes deal for Deadpool creator Rob Liefeld's Extreme Universe. It's extreme, and everybody's got a blood in their team name. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Where's everyone's feet? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's too fun. I don't know. They're gonna be like live action or like animated things. Where's everyone's feet? <laughs> I don't know, but they're gonna do a connective tissue. They're they're basically gonna do a, a a cinematic U, just like the other cinematic U's, supposedly. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I guess. That's funny. Supernatural Scooby Doo crossover debuts first images story details. Yeah. So that's the thing. And the fifth Beatle TV miniseries adaptation into works at Bravo. Congrats Shout out to uh, Victorari. Victorari, guest of the Comic Chronicles. That's right. Yeah, I should have reshared that episode when that news broke. Mm-hmm. Many, many moons ago. And in the comic book news, Valiant hires Carl Bowlers Bowlers as newest editor. The CBLDF releases how to protect comic ahead of national school walkout. It's how to protest in March for our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's the comic protest form fund. Michael Fleischer passes away at 75. Jonah Hetz, co-creator, right? Or creator? Oh. Uh, yes, he had a long stint on him. Or Jonah Hetz. Yeah. Hey, I guess he had a tenure run on Jonah Hess. Maybe not entirely sure if he created him, but had a long stint at least. 
Uh, let's see, some series announcements. Gail Simone to write a new Plastic Man miniseries for DC. Hey, there's Penny. Who? Long People of a certain vintage will remember the Plastic Man cartoon that used to come on, and he had a girlfriend slash wife named Penny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and Hula, which I don't think will show up. I don't know if that's actually Penny, but I saw that picture and I figured, okay, clearly. DC's Hawkman takes flight a new series from Vididi and Hitch. Yeah, we'll see how often that gets delayed if Hitch is on art. He will, won't do more than three or four issues. Uh, to me, I mean, that's just me speculating. Right. But yeah. Did you also mention that in this article that you wrote? You saying I did or didn't mention that? I'm asking. No, I didn't. I can't put that stuff like that. <laughs> I was about to say, you can't let the cynicism out of play. I to be unbiased in my articles. I can say whatever I want on the podcast. <sighs> That's funny. I speak the real on the podcast. <laughs> That's all right. Keeping it real. Yup. I guess he, he drew the one shot, didn't he? With the Jeff Lemire wrote. Yeah, so that's where the connective tissue for that, I think, takes place. Mm. Uh, we'll see if you have it on here later. There's another DC announcement. Or it actually wasn't announced, it was spilled. Oh, uh, I don't Actually, you don't have it, so I'll talk about it. Yeah, I don't see it. So, allegedly, actually, it's not alleged because, like, there was a uh, a posting on uh, a books, pr- pr- some random, not, not random house, actually might have been random house, some, some book selling website has like the first volume of Snyder's Justice League up. So it's going to be uh, Scott Snyder writing Justice League with uh, Jim Chung and Jorge Jimenez on art. Mm. And the image is a black and white uh, image from Chung. So the roster is going to be, uh, let's see, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, Martian Manhunter, Hot Girl or Hot Woman, and John Stewart, Green Lantern. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So everyone's people, of course, make jokes of, "Hey, the guy that did the Marvel Fresh Start." promotional image is already gone and at DC now because mm-hmm. more than likely he was on a uh, exclusive contract with Marvel but that might be up now so like everyone else he's doing the mass exodus of artists leaving Marvel because Chris Samney's done uh, was it, it was someone else oh uh, was it the vision artist Walter Gabriel Walter yeah Gabriel Walter um, Mike Perkins has left hmm. so it doesn't really help when your one of your marketing folks says in an interview with retailers how artists don't move the needle that's a I forget that was, yeah a lot as Alonzo actually said that hmm. so editor in chief talks talking about how artists don't move the needle some do. Yeah, he yeah. gave only, only uh, two examples he gave in that interview sometime last year were Corpel and um, McNiven, I think he said. Which, coincidentally, Corpel's doing more uh, covers at DC. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But anyway. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that um, Chung, I don't know how much longer Chung has on uh, two and one. Because he's, you know, he's uh, he's already left that. Oh, did he? When was this? I know he did the first two issues, maybe. Yeah, but I thought he was solicited for the next arc after this with uh, with uh, Skeety. Let me look that up while we're talking. I could be mistaken, but I thought that's what it was. Like they were going to trade arcs. That's why I was surprised to hear you say that he was off the book totally. I'm assuming he is, but give me one second while I pull that. I would say not because on his Instagram, he's already got um progress. No, no progress pictures of two and one. Let's see. Stuff that's not published yet. Let's see. 
I was about to say while he's looking at up, uh, the script for Action Comics one thousand one is complete. So, which is which, not much news on the on the bigger front, but also marks Brian Michael Bendis's first completed work at uh, DC, which is coming out. I can't remember when it's coming. out. Oh, it's like four, three, four issues from now. I don't know. Oh, soon because uh, issue nine came out this week. Those two issues. So, for April's issue number five, Skitty is solicited and let me check oh yeah chung is back on number six in right. may i mean he may be he may be back for just one more arc you know or he i don't think he's been i don't think he's an exclusive though that's the thing happy okay that yeah we don't actually know that Right, I don't think he's an exclusive artist to Marvel, so that you know, so so that gives him free reign to to do art for uh, just about anybody. But yeah, like you said, it, it's funny that um, that Chung is doing the uh, the promo art for a brand new launch of the Justice League right after he's done the promo art for the uh, whatever the hell they're calling this new launch at Marvel again. Fresh start. Fresh start. That's it. Alrighty. Speaking of, what's next? Oh, let's see. What's next is Tony Stark. Iron Man welcomes back to Missing Marvel Heroes. Hey, Jacosta. And, and Bethany Gabe. Some other lady. Bethany Gabe. <laughs> some other lady. <laughs> I was going to say someone I haven't heard of before, but I actually remember supposedly she was his ex bodyguard. Right. And ex lover, off and on lover, yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of exclusive, uh, Chip Zarsky signs Marvel exclusive. Congrats. Yep. Which more than likely is probably not going to have anything to do with this because uh, I think this is as a writer deal. And he's doing art, still doing art on his uh, creator owned sex criminals and whatever else. Yep. Plus, it never excludes image work anyway. Especially right. something saying, hey, don't go write anything for DC. Oh, Can you say Stop it. it Autoplay! Uh, we already talked about the Fantastic Four suit redesigns, but you can kind of see them there. Yep. Uh, Voyager's true origin has major implications for entire Marvel Universe. Uh, sure. Yeah. Marvel artist Nick Varela needs surgery with family asking for help. What? Yeah, so apparently she has some ovarian uh, ovarian cancer thing. Oh, that sucks. sucks. So she has a GoFundMe and the goal to raise $40,000 for a procedure to do uh, in a couple of months. So. Marvel's Hunt for Wolverine infographic teases a new series. Yeah. Something classified to be announced after the uh, miniseries are un over with. Uh, so Hunt for Wolverine's Adamantium agenda will bend the internet. Mm. Sure. Right. Okay. Wolverine No More. X-23 returns a new series for Marvel's Fresh Start. Well, yeah, they're going to give the Wolverine title back to Logan, so... I mean, I'm sure that's what the classified yeah. is for whatever his new series launch. Yeah, and this is being written by She-Hulk uh, writer Mariko Tamaki. I miss Tom Taylor's all-new Wolverine. Uh... First two episodes of Wolverine: The Long Night debut on Stitcher. So yeah, we talked about this a while ago. This is basically that true crime podcast, like Serial, um, but uh, I guess a, supposedly centered somewhere around Wolverine. So if you're on Stitcher, you want to check it out, go for it. A couple of them are there. This is on Stitcher Premium, so you have to you get a, like a week trial, or the, I think they're often like a months free. With a mark, if you use promo code Marvel, you get I think a month free trial, but you still have to enter in a a credit card, which is why I didn't for sign up for it. Yeah, just because I don't feel like giving Stitcher my credit card info. 
Yeah, I don't blame you. But so if you wait for until all of them come out and then get the free trial, and if you feel so froggy to do it, <laughs> do it then. Any other company I probably would have, but I was like, nah, Stitcher's not getting that. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Maybe it'll come out on Spotify at some point. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Power Rangers Shattered Grid to deb- debut new Zord. So apparently, this is something where they got a whole, like, got a bunch of Power Rangers from different eras teaming up together. And... Like, William Bruce West invade our news page just now. <laughs> Shout out to William Bruce West. Hmm. And yeah, and that is the storyline that is. Uh, actually, I think going on now. And let's see. Rivers of London flow again with water weed. Yeah, so this is a Titan book. It's it about a, a police detective that deals in magic. Uh, and it's another uh, mini that is coming out. So if anybody's interested in the book, supposedly this is, as this describes, uh, Spring Breakers meets Pulp Fiction on the banks of the Thames. So there you go. And Campbell's Wet Moon returns for a finale in November. Close us out. All righty. That's our last news story for the night. So our last ad is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron has fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. Follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at timdogg98 and at cbcron. Whoa. Roddy Cat is at Roddy Cat and at News Nerds Need and at cbcaps on Instagram. Greg Mac. Oh yeah, I was about to say we're not. Yeah, we, we, we'll do it right before we close. Agent seventy is at agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram, and Doug is at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, and go to his website popculturenetwork.com. And now the floor is yours. Right. Oh, so, gonna, that's gonna be the closing. Yeah, we're just gonna close it out. So, um, just we want we wanted to pay our respects to. Uh, to to a rapper who passed away this week at the, the tender young age of 46 it's hard to make it to uh to 50 i think he was actually 45 but i i, I saw reports that he was either 46 or 45 right. but uh craig mack who rapped under his own name um was you know basically the uh the he basically issued the lead single on the bad boy label and basically um paved the way for uh, Biggie and all the other artists on uh, Bad Boy as uh, Puffy began to roll them out in the early '90s. So, um, you know, his his big his big hit "Flavor in Your Ear" is probably overshadowed by the remix, which had like everybody, all these big names, and some guy named Rampage, poor Busta Rhymes, you know, associate, who hey. is like, I feel bad for Rampage because it's like it's 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 big. It's Craig, it's Rampage, and then it's Busta and LL. Well, yeah, and that was, I think that was pre flip mode uh, Rampage. Right. Buff, but yeah. Right. So it's kind of like, who's that guy? <laughs> I think Busta was like, yo, I want to put my man on. Put him on. Right, 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 right. But, you know, like, it's, I just, I honestly remember listening to this track, like, this is hot. This is hot. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and of course, you had you know, the, the remix, the, the LL's verse, which is still <laughs> uncomprehensible. You know, because it, because it sends mixed messages. So we are actually going to play out this episode with the OG flavor in your ear which it has one of the more iconic beginnings so i'm going to start it off right there it's really one of the the better beginnings um because it harkens back to uh our childhood and uh there's uh you know there's a reference to uh some cartoons there so uh give it a listen we'll let it play and then we'll uh play the show out so uh, uh tim you want to do the uh combo chronicles uh, exit and then i'll uh, click play so we are the Combo Chronicles, and we are signing off. Peace. Yo, Mac, I don't even understand how they didn't understand you and that Mary Joy. Yeah, I Kick know. Kick that man. old robotic, futuristic George Jetson. Yeah, crazy well, Joy. That's like shooting a blab, robotic kicking flab, or flavor bit of batter, chitter chatter, madder than the mad hatter. I bet you buy shit, come my flatter. I got the data, turn your body into anti-matter. And just like a piece of sizzling, you'll fit inside my stomach with the exit with the Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words, well. How about this woman that you are leaving higher, Mr. Stark?